What's up, fam? Welcome to our podcast, We Play Cousins. I'm Andrea. And I'm Lindsay. In this space, we will talk about connections, relationships, and community. Telling stories and celebrating chosen family. I am a mixed race woman who pastors and lives in the city of Detroit. I am a queer black woman from Chicago and the executive director of a nonprofit. And together, we we play play cousins. cousins. Come along as we introduce you to more of our family. Here we are. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of We Play Cousins. Yes, we in this we in this mug this morning. Lindsay and Andrea here with you today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Andrea, how you been doing? What's what's new? What's going on? Oh, I've been good. This has been a weird week, though. I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. retrograde or microbraids or Zenith, Zen, I don't even know what the planets are. Mars was battling with Pluto. Did they change Pluto? Did they bring Pluto back? They took Pluto out. I don't think it came back though. Really? All the little Disney kids was not like that, that like protest wasn't enough. Um, that's, that's my generation you're talking about now. Okay. Sorry. But some was something. I don't know. It was a full moon. It was a little bit crazy, but I'm back. I think it, whatever it was, has passed, and um, I'm doing good. There's been lots of sunshine in Chicago, some warmish weather. Yes. Um, so going for walks, uh, connect, reconnecting with my neighborhood, getting some fresh air, getting a little movement. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's uh, that's been my jam uh, yeah. this past week. Yeah, we had that day um, one week, one day this week. It went up like almost to 70, like high 60s. And you know, all all our white siblings busted out their flip-flops, came out in shorts. They were, it was a celebration. Um, <laughs> which And you know what our black siblings were doing? All up in the street, double park, because they ain't seen each other all winter. Like the first weekend when it gets warm in Chicago, I just be like homicidal because I'm like, everybody just pulling over like, yo, what's up, dude? Getting out, like, you know, chest bumping, like all the things. It's like family reunion in the street on every street corner. Yes. I mean, I be doing it too a little bit, but I try to pull over, dip in a little space, right? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> little little courteous <laughs> but yes um the, it was a good a good vibe outside from all corners and all cultures loving the the break of winter yes yes um but i do have to say uh what has not been a good vibe or has me feeling some type of way is all of this coverage this week in the news and social media of um, the interview with Meghan Markle and Prince uh, Harry. Like, (laughs) hashtag too much. Right? These folks have me feeling some type of way because 
people are out here responding to that interview like they are brand new. Like, what do you mean the royal family is racist? (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? Right. The the British Empire is like the the architects of (laughs) the the authors. Like, where do you all think it came from? Right. Um. They don't know the whole quote of the British are coming. The British are coming and they're racist as fuck. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they got lost in history and we just like cut it. Cause it was woke. He knew what was up. <laughs> he was a good ally. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, yes. But what in the, in like, so, so some of the things that have been reported, I didn't watch the whole interview because I just can't. Me either. Um, are are legit terrible. R- yes, racism mm-hmm. is terrible, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, white folks who are held captive by white supremacy culture are out here showing their whole ass all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for re- like, how 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 you didn't know that, Meg? <laughs> like come on. I mean I, I mean if you watched on Netflix the the crown hello I mean it's it's the same I know they say everything ain't true in the show but when they went to some of them countries in Africa uh the right. continent of Africa some of the countries within Africa you know people shunned them people didn't want them to come they we could see the behavior so yes yes and I mean, so we, you know, there is something to be said. You said earlier, right? Like the the blinders of like colorism and privilege mm-hmm. within the black community, right? Like uh, being a biracial woman who mm-hmm. is very light skinned and and considered traditionally beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, maybe makes you think like, oh, this this won't be so bad or like right. there could be an exception mm-hmm. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to the rule. Right. Um, I think what set people off was, you know, cause they see her as that like, right. Uh, light complected, uh, straight hair, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful features. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's like when her mama shop started showing up in some shots, right. Yes. When her mom was around, it's like, Oh, Right, like people can have their like fantasy of Mm. he ain't that black, right? Mm -hmm. And she, she ain't, you know. They seen her dad was white and sort of like, oh, okay, like you know, she probably got some of you know, yep, that culture, right? Um, But then when her mom showed up, show enough black, right? Like in her, her the way she presents herself, the way you know, she looks, her hair, all of that, yes, right? Yes. Then it was sort of like, oh, that line isn't so blurry anymore about is or is she not right black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is the bind, like, of uh, mixed-race people and people who are passing, right, who can pass, right? Like, that's the shit that in the history of racism we had to hide, right? That's why people like cut themselves off from their families. That's why mm-hmm. um, having children was such a, a risky proposition if you mm-hmm. were a black person who was passing for white, right? And so, I, I mean, I think it's all that historical shit showing up. And when right. like 
we millennial Gen Z babies come on the scene and right. do not know or understand that history, yeah. like then the shit goes sideways. Yeah. And it's interesting, the whole thing about, about her son and his, the potential of his skin color. Mm-hmm. You know, that shows some, like the person who came up with that question and that thought like has been uh, involved in uh, the the bleaching of a color line, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that that's during slavery and after slavery, like, um, you know, so many uh, rapes and sexual yeah. abuse um, and, and, and generations of babies being born, right? Um, but folks who really understand that, understand that people of color come in every shade. Right. Yes. And even though your daddy white, 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 white on his side and your mom is mixed race on her side, mm-hmm. that black, that the black of the berry can still show up. Yes. Right. Yep. And so I think some people would probably be like, oh, no, the odds of that baby Archie, you know, being anything but like very white skinned, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like they wouldn't even be thinking about that. Right. 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 Somebody who's been in a game and they like know how far back and how how far reaching yes. uh colorism goes right that yeah. that they would bring that up you know mm-hmm. that was so interesting to me mm-hmm. um, yes oh god this is like because folks want to treat genetics like a mathematic equation mm-hmm. right so to mm-hmm. think that like oh i'm only one uh, eight black oh now my kid's only one sixteenth right like right 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 as if um, that's gonna, like, it's always gonna line up, like it's a, a mathematic right. law, right? Like, if right, this, right. then that. And that's not, genetics ain't, just ain't like that. That's not right. how it works. And we know folks who are in the community mm-hmm. have met enough people who violate the expectation to know right. it doesn't work that way. Um, yeah. Genetics is magic. <laughs> and that's what I was gonna say. Somebody, this ain't their first rodeo. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There are other folks in their, you know, family who married somebody. You know, we see yeah. the main players, right, standing up on the balcony like the Magic Eight or how many ever there are, right? Yeah. Um, but we know that their fam, the royal family, is large, right? And there's cousins and aunts, all of this stuff. And there's probably been somebody else who tried to hide something. Oh, um, yeah. and then you know, mm-hmm. in the delivery room, they was like, "Oh, damn!" Or at you know puberty mm-hmm. when yep. some young person turned twelve or thirteen, and the texture of their hair changed, their hair, yes, the color of their skin yep. darkened. Right? I know lots of people who, you know, were told that they were adopted and they were white, mm-hmm. um, and then at a certain age, a lot of things started to change about their their. Uh, per- you know, their, their, their characteristics. Mm -hmm. And they were like, what's happening here. Right. Mm -hmm. And then people had to get honest. They tried to still lie and say, you know, you have an uncle who's Italian or, you know, all these other things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then finally it was like, Oh, your mom stepped out or your dad, or, you know, somebody did something and, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Or your mom is really happy you know, mixed race. Yep, the and and then that story came out. So, you know, whoever brought this up, like mm-hmm. they were bringing it up from experience. Yes. 
um, the archives, the archives. Right, 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 right. Okay. right, right. Well, and we know, like, at, I mean, in this moment of Bridgerton pandemonium, right? Like, yes. we have Queen Charlotte back in the in the wings of that family who was black. Like right. that lady was a black lady, right? And um, you know, technically mixed race, but mm-hmm. um, it, it, you know, she and had like children in the lineage like right. they they know about that stuff that's right right um you know they try to erase that part of history right right so a bunch of people don't know until right. Shonda Shonda came along and delivered us to right. liberating greatness <laughs> <laughs> and you know the the real issue is not about having a mixed race person in the family it's about when you have shorn up the politics the political power in whiteness. Yes, there it is. And then, like I said, if it's three, you know, the six people removed from the balcony, then it's like, hey, they raid back there. They're never going to be us, right? right? Yeah. They're never going to be royalty, right? Yep. But when it gets on that balcony, mm-hmm. and we know representation, like, set some people free to, like, make moves that they've been wanting to make and, and haven't been able to, Right. And that's why they're like, oh, we ain't giving Archie a title or protection. You know, it's like even if he is snow, the color of his skin is snow white. Right. They're still like we will not protect his black ass because to protect him means that we care for black bodies. Right. Right. And they're not willing or Mm. able to Mm. make that statement because of the political capital. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I think to my, so all these things are a hundred percent true. You're dropping knowledge. Talk that talk. Boom, boom, Um, boom, 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 boom. (laughs) That's the sound of my knowledge dropping. Yes. But also I like, I feel in myself a frustration when people Mm. in our community act like they don't know that. Right. Which is not like, that's some, probably some internalized inferiority shit of mine Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I need to be more mad about the fact that it's like that but after 600 year 800 you know how however long the British monarchy has been around right we still don't know we're still surprised come on y'all yeah and you know nothing stands alone right so you know, people who are like, oh, we can't believe that they're treating her like that because black. I'm like, what's happening in your black church with I your gay musician right. leader, worship right. leader, right? Yeah. Like, can you believe that? Can you believe that you're right. doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Xenophobia, like sexist, you know, all of this stuff that's going on. Like, yeah, y'all, you know, yeah, let's try to be mad at somebody else to deflect um, from what we're doing. When we yeah. say Black Lives Matter, do queer Black Lives Matter, right? Do mm-hmm. trans Black Lives Matter? Um, right. Yeah, we talking about royalty and politics and stuff, but like, you know, let's let's not get it twisted, right? Um, some of us need not be as shocked about what somebody else is doing because right. what's happening in your own royal household, right? Because um, you you are doing it with much lower stakes than this royal family right like this is the dynamics of many family mixed race families many Mm -hmm. families that have a diversity of gender identities and sexual orientations just as you said Mm -hmm. um yeah so i I mean i think part of 
you're touching on something deep that part of the outcry is we don't like what it reflects back to right. us. Right. Um, right. Who gets the power mm-hmm. politically? What, 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 you know, uh, what political agendas are on the table? And we know politics equals power and money and influence and, uh, you know, who has it, who gets to keep it, mm-hmm. um, and who's the decider of those questions. So. Yes. And so cool. now that our intro conversation has been almost a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> That's how we do, Lindsay. That's how, never a dull moment. That's right. But we have a guest that's related to this question of politics and power. Yeah, so we have joining us today is uh, Bianca Tirado, and uh, she's going to open up some uh, windows and doors and knowledge um, in uh, political space. So let's get, let's go ahead and jump into that. All right. All right. All right. So um, as we mentioned, our guest today is Bianca. So she a play cousin that's like, you know, awesome, cool, fun to be with, um, deep, not too deep. You know, all the things you need in a good play cousin, like to help, you know, just keep things moving along and just being however you want to be with your play cousin. So she's the perfect play cousin. Um, So, hey, Bianca. Hey, ladies. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. We're excited to have you on here, too. And so, um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get started with just talking about, like, how we know each other. And then we'll have you introduce yourself. So. um, Awesome. So. So, so I've known B first. <laughs> um, she came to my wedding. Um, I didn't know her when she came to my wedding because she came with a friend. And uh, so my friend who was DJing at my part at my wedding, I guess it's a big party too. So um, she reached out and said, hey, can I bring a friend to the wedding? And I was like, your friend got dinner money because... <laughs> weddings ain't cheap <laughs> just kidding i i may have thought it because you know when you be planning a wedding you just be stressed out and any any little change you'd be like what does that mean mostly for me and my bank account right so um so i said sure you know she's a dj and so i was just thinking like she's got all this equipment you know that she's gonna be bringing in and have somebody help and you know whatever so um uh she did and uh, uh, Bianca was the friend that she brought. So I'm not sure that we really got to know each other that night because at a wedding, it's crazy. But I'm sure that I like cruised past the DJ booth and like had some conversation. And then, you know, since she was a friend of a friend, I just got to know her more when I would visit said friend. So do you have a version of this story that you would like to share, Bianca? <laughs> I I do. It's like you get the other side of the. <laughs> it's like you get the other side of the story. Yeah. Um. So yes. Um. I know Andrea through um, my partner 
Pamela. And it's so funny because this is when me and Pam was like, nobody knew we was on a down low. Right. <laughs> and so she's like, would you come to this wedding with me? My friend is getting married. And I was like, I mean, that's real soon. <laughs> you know, I said, but a lot of our people that we knew were going to be at the wedding. And I said, you think people would know? And she's like, no, no one's going to know. And um, I I saw you and your beautiful bride, Nanette. And I was like, this is a good time. And I was like, I felt that everyone knew, but no one, no one said anything. But the rest is history. Yeah. Um, we've been, we've been rolling since yeah. then. Um, yes. And just so grateful to, to have you to adopt you as a friend, I should say. Yay! Yay! I know. Sometimes Pam gets a little jealous. She's like, she I does. When like uh, Bianca talk more or whatever, but you know what? It is really, you know, there's that moment when you have a good friend, and Pam and I go way back, like over twenty years. Mm-hmm. And um, when they start seeing someone, like you're like, oh man, I hope we all get along because. You know, there's just always that moment of like anxiety, like what if this person, you know, isn't cool like I need them to be so that they don't disrupt. <laughs> right, right. What I have. And, you know, I am happy to report back that you are awesome. And sometimes you're right. Like I will uh, 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 FaceTime you. <laughs> Pam is like, who are you talking to? Like, right. No, your friend. <laughs> she she's she gets so upset about it. She gets so, so upset. We gotta we gotta be like, all right, it's okay. Right. Um, and I'm not gonna say that I do that on purpose because I know how upset she gets. So, but the spirit may lead me to change that answer a little <laughs> bit later. <laughs> I would love to hear her so version then, of the story at some point. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, she's going to be on the podcast later this month. So maybe we'll Ooh. get her version. So. Yes, part two. All right. And then now Lindsay's a part of this. So Lindsay, how yeah. did how'd you, how'd you get in this? Um, well, because like all of your play cousins know, um, Andrea, you have a very special talent for um, just being charmingly bossy. And <laughs> volunteering people for things. So... You were like, hey, do you want to do this, This uh, be part of a collective of just badass women teaching collective? Um, I think you probably do. Why don't you just do it? You, we're going to do this. And then uh, I did. Um, and Bianca was one of those uh, badass women um, that I am very happy to know now and to be able to roll with and hang out with and we met in person safely uh in covid world for the first time last month which was super cool and exciting Um, it was so fun yes i agree you know i wanted to piggyback off of you Lindsay, because you know andrea don't ask it's just like that cousin who make you commit to things (laughs) yes You know, you're going to do this. Here's the time and place. She don't ask you about your schedule or nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so yes. Um, and, Lindsay, it's, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. And it was fun hanging out with you last month, although it was, like, so short-lived. But yeah. more to come, right? right. More to come. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. I think we should change the subject since um, the, the moral of this story is that Andrea is the bossy cousin. Um, I mean, not everyone can carry it as well as you, right? Right. That's so true. Every no, everyone can't own the own the title, but you own it well. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna write a book. How to sneaky boss people around. <laughs> Only apparently it's only sneaky to me. I'm the only one. Right. So cool. Well, I am glad to have both of you um, as play cousins, as part of the collective. You know, Lindsay, when you just said that you met Bianca for the first time, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was just like, no, we've been in the room together before. And that's so weird because we have all, you know, there's five or six of us on the collective and um, we've just done so much life together mm-hmm. it feels over good. Zoom. Yeah. Over Zoom. And yeah. um, it feels like we've been together. So that, that kind of threw me off a little bit. So It's the new normal. It's it the is new normal. New, right. right. So we're proving that you can bond in a real you way can. on yes, Zoom. So much so that you feel like you've been in a room together before in person when you have it. So absolutely cool. All right, ladies. So it is uh, Women's History Month. (laughs) All the ladies who are independent. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, we do not own the the right. Right. We do not own the right. It should be obvious because we ain't even saying the words right. But I feel like (laughs) I would love for Beyonce to come for me. Just so that, like, I could, like, have some interaction. I'm sure we'll mostly be with her legal team. <laughs> right? But that's it's not one, quite the same. One degree closer. One degree. I'm like, I got sued by Beyonce. <laughs> Woo! Your name appears in the same document as Beyonce. Right. I'm like, can I have the court document? Like, can I have that subpoena? I just want to frame it and yes. talk to it. So, right. Right. So, right. Right. Um, you know, uh, how a neighborhood fame works, right? Like yeah. my cousin one time was in the same place as Michael Jordan, <laughs> right? Like you have that. Right. So that means that you know him too, or you was in the same place as him too. Exactly. You just got to know when to stop telling the facts. <laughs> it may sound like I'm saying then start lying, but that's not what mm-hmm. I'm like. That's not what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. So, right. um, women's history. Like who, who, who are women that you admire? Like who are you thinking about, reflecting on? Ooh. Well, you know, I'm I'm gonna keep it classic and just say my mama. Um, my mother is such a huge inspiration to me. Um, I, we grew up in Chicago, um, born and raised. And so just seeing my mom as a single black woman, you know, making it happen, raising her children um, and never giving up, you know, always saying to me, sky's the limit. And so those words are always um, dear to my heart, especially when you going through challenging times. And so my mom is my inspiration every day. Uh, one, we're twins, so we look just alike. So when I look in the mirror, <laughs> I see her. Um, but also to to come from a family of strong women is so inspiring to me. And 
um, it helps me push through this thing we call life every day. So my mm-hmm. mom is my my inspiration. Mm-hmm. How about y'all? Uh, <laughs> Andrea, just <laughs> looking at each other. Like, right. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I um, am just feeling um, impressed by like the magnitude of the number of women who are just out here doing the damn thing. And mm-hmm. um, especially in this season, like um, political season, right? Coming off the inauguration where we just mm-hmm. saw a visual representation of right. all these awesome women, right? And, you know, celebrating uh, uh, Kamala Harris um, and thinking about, I know we're going to get into politics a little bit, a little bit later, but, you know, thinking about women who are stepping up in leadership, but also just in this moment of movements that are happening, um, how many how many justice movements are being led and run and carried by women, which they always have been. Let's just mm-hmm. be clear about that. Um, but that, that in this moment we get to see, um, see kind of behind the scenes what's going on and who's running, running the things that are changing the, the world and our communities. Um, so I didn't say any names. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. There's so many. So many. There are so many. I'm actually also doing some like personal study and work around um, prison abolition. So I've been recently inspired by Angela Davis and Miriam Kaba, who are like two of the mothers of that movement, um, who've been doing a lot of writing and thinking and organizing. So that's who I'll name. I'll I'll put those names out there. Nice. Andrea, I am, you know, in in Chicago, like doing a lot of work with like community leaders and folks who are doing stuff on the ground. Those are always the women that I'm like most impressed with. And I'm really bad at names. And that doesn't mean that I am not really into the women that I say that I admire. (laughs) But, um, you know, the other day I was having a conversation with uh, someone who's in corporate and just talking about like, you know, women of color in corporate and how that grind is so like intense, right? And mm. then thinking about some of the leaders that I know in Chicago who came out of corporate, right? Who were like, okay, I'm, I'm in it. I'm trying to make money because I want to like get some generational wealth from my family. You know, they just have all these things, these goals, and they feel like being in corporate, you know, the money's good and it's moving fast. And then their soul is dying, right? Um, and so I know several women who like have come out of corporate and are now, you know, running like um, domestic abuse uh, organizations that are running uh, youth and kids programs. Um, and, you know, they they turned away from that lifestyle of, like big houses, fast cars, like lots of money in your bank. And just like one day just woke up and just was like, I cannot do it anymore. Right. And, or having stories of driving through the community. Cause maybe they grew up in Garfield park, or maybe they grew up in mm-hmm. humble park, or maybe they grew up in uh back of the yards. Right. 
and they still live there because they're still connected, even though a lot of things have changed, right? And and having this moment where they're driving through their neighborhood and seeing the disparities, right? And having the sense that like, okay, how can I be over here doing this thing that's killing me? And my community has has these these needs. And because of the skill set that you learn in corporate, right? Like how to move things, how to negotiate, like all of that stuff. They started to think like, what if I brought that back to my own community, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and they they do. Um, and so um, so I know it's like sort of more of like a general category than it is naming actual women. Uh, but those are whenever I hear those stories. Um, of an executive director who sort of made that kind of move on behalf of the community. Like I am just real impressed. And I, I mean, they're definitely um, heroes to me. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So, um, so Bianca, we didn't even have you, we didn't have you introduce yourself yet. So we're going to have you do that. And then we'll move sort of like the conversation and just talk about some politics of stuff um, okay. and, and get into that. So the floor is yours or the awesome. Zoom room. Right. <laughs> well, um, I grew up in Chicago, was born and raised. And um, my mother, right, um, my mother's Black, my dad's Puerto Rican. And so just growing up, you know, multiracial in Chicago, the messy, I call it the messy town of politics. <laughs> that is kind. <laughs> right. Um, but that, that was my world. I mean, and, you know, who would have thought that that would be my story today um, growing up in politics? So um, I did my undergrad at IU um, and then not really sure what I wanted to do, went into higher education. And, but I did policy work in higher education. Mm-hmm. And so I shifted through all these policy, different jobs, and then um, landed in local politics where I am today. And so um, I basically have taken my whole life into what I do now. Mm-hmm. And so let me just say it is not for the week. <laughs> wow. um, I mean, and, it, and I couldn't think of a better time to be in politics, I will say. Um, it is it is messy. It is inspiring. It is all those things. But really, it's about the people and being a servant. And so at the end of the day, I am a servant. And I'm here to serve my people. And as long as I remember that, like why I'm here, why I'm serving, mm-hmm. I keep on a narrow line. And so, Andrea, you said something about, um, you know, selling your soul because we all know that <laughs> that happens, especially right. when you, you're making your way to the top. Um, I always say I'm using my powers for good. I'm using my knowledge and who I am to really make a difference in my community. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy, but... Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit about me and, and my story. I raised my niece, Lillian. Um, she just turned nine. So she's my inspiration too. She inspires me to get up and, and face the people and keep the city keep the city pushing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, keep it pushing. 
and she's adorable. I saw the uh, birthday pictures on uh, yes. Instagram or Facebook, one of those, probably both. So Vampirina for the win, two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> give the people what they want. Right, give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Bianca, can you say a little bit more about like the functionality or like what you do in your job to to move change because I think I'm just going to speak for myself like I um know some things about how politics happen inside a of a city government or inside of a body but um a lot of things I don't really it like you know just ideas go in and policies come out and I'm (laughs) Not totally clear always on how that happens. Yeah, sure. Uh, And it's one of my favorite conversations to have um, because most residents don't, um, they don't know how policy works on a local level. And it's so important to know. It's like the one thing that you should know because it's where you see the most effective change and fast change. Mm -hmm. Um, Because policy is really put into place by the people. Um, and the people make policy go round. And so I work um, in local politics, local local policy um, in the clerk's office here, the city clerk's office. And I am the liaison between the common council and, and the mayor administration. And so what we do is we keep everything transparent to the public. Um, but also helping our elected officials um, do their jobs and making sure that we file policy, we um, work with our residents and we connect them to their council members, especially when it deals with like um, things in their districts and I'm just really making sure that they know who their leaders are in this community. And so that is our overall Um, mission in our office. Um, How policy works and where we are is that a petition is filed, um, a bill is filed, and then it goes in front of council on the agenda. And our office is in charge of that. Council members vote on that bill and that bill turns into an ordinance or a resolution. And we do all the legal things to make it turn into law. Um, but that's pretty much like the, the short version <laughs> of, of, how, of, how, uh, of how it works. And so there's also different types of policy. There's a policy that needs to be approved by the council, the city council, but there's also the policy that we write in our office on how we deal with uh, issues from residents, on how we just, function as a team in general. So, and policy is my first love. I mean, I'm like, if you got a, I love structure. <laughs> about, you know, it's like, I love structure. So um, me putting a, a policy in place to keep, um, keep the train moving mm-hmm. and keep people in place is what I do. And so I assist in all those things and just working with our leaders, um, to make that happen. And sometimes you have to look past like all the other things around you that are happening and really focus on what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. In a sense, taking people for face value, mm-hmm. just saying, I need to work with you to get this done. 
Um, because everyone thinks that politics is this like, oh, you just work together, you write this and you get it done. <laughs> if only it really worked that way, right? <laughs> if only it really was that easy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I love my job. It's not the easiest job in the world, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, it's, it's, it's what I love to do. And so it's what keeps me, keeps me going. Mm-hmm. It's so funny when you were describing um, how um, you get legislation passed or to become mm-hmm. a thing. Reminded me of the schoolhouse rock. Right. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, am I aging myself? You know, but they had this little video. It used to come on on Saturdays. It's how I learned the preamble, mm-hmm. the we the people, which you had to pass in eighth grade back in my mm-hmm. days, like graduate. Right. Yeah. Um, but they also had the little video about how a bill becomes a law. Right. I don't know. You remember like little Bill sitting on Capitol Hill. <laughs> So you, when you were talking about it, it matched up with like the whole little video. I was like, she know what she talking about, <laughs> because right? It's lining up with <laughs> right. And, and we used to, we used to, um, some time ago, we used to actually um, have that with students. We would show the video. Um, <laughs> And really, like, have, like, students do some of that. And I've actually thought about bringing that back into our office, inviting once, you know, whatever this new normal will be, when it's safe to bring students back um, and gather. The goal is to bring students in, young people, and really show and have them pass a a bill, a fake bill or something like that, just to, like, give them that experience of, you know, what it's like to be in the chambers, what it's like to come before the city council and and have conversations. But, you know, our, our young people are ready. I mean, yeah. they are, mm-hmm. I, they're like, I got something to say <laughs> and I'm going to say it and this is how I'm going to say it. So, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been fun bringing the young people in front of the council. It's just like, wow, this is, this is great. Like young yeah. people know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's how they get inspired to mm-hmm. down the road, um, you know, be these folks that we have and see on the ballot who are young and sharp and capable, right? Like they have an experience, you know, coming into um, some political space and, you know, working it out and some kind of mock experience, experiential learning. And some of them catch that fire. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, then the next thing we know, like they're in the Senate or sitting on a council or school board president, you know, all these different things up and down uh, tickets that um, need uh, good folks to, to be, you know, in there to be change makers. Yeah, it's interesting because even in high school, I did student council, but I wasn't like, I'm going I'm to be the change. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> like I just wasn't there. And so it's just interesting how I, when I see our young people who are like 17, 18, they're like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to come. And even when they come before council on some special occasions. I'm like, if I had that at 18, mm-hmm. oh, I'll, I'll be in Washington by now. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one can tell me anything. No mm-hmm. one can tell me anything. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the, like, 
important thing about calling and, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know, vocation. You know, we yeah. do a lot of work with young people um, and young adults uh, thinking about calling and vocation, like where they want to be in life. And that's important work um, so that they can start to identify that because obviously then you have to get on a path to get ready right. for that. Right? What classes they take in school, sort of like any calling or vocation. If you want to be a doctor, like there's a lot of science coming up for you, my friend. <laughs> right, right. And and the beautiful thing about what I do is that my office sees people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Like if this, our office is not a place where just a certain kind of person will come yeah. in. You get people from like everything, backgrounds, and mm-hmm. you know, making their day just by helping them is what it's really about. And so when I can help somebody get to the next place of where they need to be, mm-hmm. and because you don't know what people coming to you with at the end of the day. They could just right. be like, I need you to help me because <laughs> I'm yeah. about to crash, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's the beauty of it. And that's why, you know, we tell our we tell our staff that we work with to, you know, be kind to people because you never know mm-hmm. what someone is going through. So that right, keeps us going, right, even in the right. crazy times. I, I like too. I think that that approach, and even working with the youth, right? It opens. It, it's not just powerful for folks who discern that their vocation, right, is is in politics, right? But it it just opens that space, or like demystifies it, or takes away the fear. Like, I feel like I know so many people who are my age or older who have this this idea that speaking in city council is not for them, right? In front of city council or in front of politicians. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, that's not a space that they belong or that they are worthy of occupying or have the skill to occupy. And so I I feel like, and really what you're saying, which is the truth, is that that's the people's place, right? That's for all of us. That's, um, you know, mm-hmm. um, polit- our politicians are hired to to hear our voice and to represent us. And so I think it's just powerful, even if a young person or a person who comes into your office doesn't like catch fire and think, oh, this is my going to be my job forever, right? They can still think, you can still um, create an atmosphere that says, this is your space. This is, mm-hmm. this is for you. Um, your voice matters here. And I think that's so powerful that and so important. Do you, um, Bianca, feel like people are engaged? And so, like, we have community meetings. I do. I was I was actually going to to touch on that because there's a section on the agenda for the city council meetings um, that say privilege of the floor, and so residents have the option to comment on. Uh, the public hearing portion, which are certain bills that are being read and are up for passage, Mm -hmm. they can comment against or for the bill. And then um, at the end of the meeting, residents can also touch on anything they would like except for bills that have been passed. And so majority of those conversations happen, you know, I have this issue in my neighborhood, Mm-hmm. from whatever grass lawn but also like <laughs> um you know violence and different mm-hmm. things like that so it is a place for residents to come and use their voice 
and it can be an intimidating setting, especially if they've never come and talked before counsel before. And I encourage, I tell people all the time, this is like, you know, you vote, your vote matters and you voted for these individuals. And so there is nothing more powerful than using your voice. If you got something to say, say it. And you have five minutes to do so. (laughs) (laughs) Be advised. You know, that guy. Be advised. You come out with that little pain. Right. (laughs) You get snatched. Right. So, um, so yeah, I just, I, I am so, I mean, and of course we get complaints that I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I got something to say. How do I get in touch with my council member? Well, you can, you can see the entire council at our council meetings every second and fourth Monday. Right. <laughs> um, and so just being transparent with our community about who we are, what we do, why local government is important is, is why we exist um, in the city. Um and I'm, when I see the chambers packed out or I see a bunch of people on our meetings, that inspires me. It's like, yes, you know, we're getting to the community. People want, people have something to say. Uh-huh. Um, we may go home early one night because we don't have anyone on the, under the privilege of the floor. <laughs> right. But also, it's also like, you know, why, you know, we want more residents to come out. We want more residents to voice their opinion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's cool. I um, yeah. I have to admit, like I'm being challenged in this conversation um, about my participation, my participation in my own local um, government, right? Like in Chicago, we have aldermen and aldermen mm-hmm. offices. And- I know all about Chi Town. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know they have meetings on a regular basis, community. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, forums to come in and to talk about things. And, you know, there's been times in my life where I've been very active in those. This is not one. I, and I, and I'm not talking about like just 2020 when COVID hit and right, right. <laughs> we couldn't go outside, but, um, you know, even before that, and it is, it is so important to, um, participate and to show up for your community. Um, and, 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 when I would go to those meetings, the thing that I always walked away with, like realizing how many resources were available, you know, oh, in the community yeah. um, that nobody knows about, right? So um, I'm thinking specifically about like um, resources for especially youth and young adults who are experiencing homelessness, mm-hmm. right? There's all these like, you know, around for transportation, um, for what the school can and cannot require from them about arrival time, departure time, um, you know, uh, you know, vouchers for uh, school uniforms, you know, uh, uh, counseling resource, you know, like there's just so much. Um, and I think that a lot of parents don't know. And, and um, when, unfortunately, when families are living in shelters, you, your kids may be in one neighborhood that they grew up in, and then the only shelter that you were able to find space in is halfway across the city, right? And so then those parents just automatically decide that 
their kids can never can no longer go to the school and be in the community that help raise them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's hard for everybody. It's hard on the kids. It's hard on the the classmates and the community, you know, because they've lost a citizen. But, you know, there are transportation services. So I'm not just talking about like a bus pass because it could be an hour, two hours on bus and train um, that there are transportation that will come pick you up, drop you off, you know, all of these things to help support and uh, keep that kid's um, and that family's life as connected to uh, the community, especially in a time where they feel like there's so many things that are out of their control right now. Um, And so there's, you know, little things like, that's not a little thing, but things like that, you know, when I go to community meetings, um, I find that out. And then you can spread the word and share that with other people. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling like, okay, Andrew, you gotta get get your stuff together. And get back involved. I I find that um, because I've been to your council meetings and they are very entertaining. One, because it's so obviously (laughs) Chicago, which is larger, but um, it's interesting to see Mm -hmm. how local governments work and to see the the show of individuals that come to the meetings. Mm -hmm. I mean, people really, people care about their city and that's, that's the important thing, too, is to realize that people care. People want change. People want to live in safe neighborhoods. People want to, they want the same thing that, you know, everyone else has. And so how do we provide those resources? How do we direct people and advocate for them to have those same resources? So, yeah, it's showtime. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I remember being in town. Um, with you and going to a council meeting, I believe mm-hmm. it was a council meeting. I don't know, but wow, I remember just like texting and being like, "I can't believe that this just happened," or somebody mm-hmm. said so and so. I think a fight about to break out. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I was like taking little screenshots of people from the back, just being like, "Wow, this is this is everybody's just showing up." Like when you get, mm-hmm. you're right that it's open to everybody, right? And so when all those personalities, backgrounds, cultures, you know, all of that stuff, beliefs, you know, conservative, uh, liberal, like all, you know, people who agree, people who disagree, right? All that gets into the room. um, It's very lively, shall we say. (laughs) It's so funny you say that. So funny you say that. Because I remember that, and you were like, "Is a fight about to break out?" I was like, "Oh, this is nothing." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and when you when you've seen it all, you've seen. I mean, I've seen so many things happen, um, crazy things happen, and you just you kind of get comfortable in the chaos, and you learn how to like filter through it to like put out the fire. So, and that's like pretty much my job is like. You know, people people freak out about things, and I'm like, oh, that's nothing. And someone came to me and said, when when will you freak out? When will you, <laughs> when mm-hmm. will you when will you like say the world is on fire? Because every time we come to you, you just blow it out. And I'm like, I don't know what it'll take, but so far, I'm happy that I can be of assistance <laughs> if something does happen. Right. 
Well, and I think it's so interesting because there are just so few spaces where we have that coming together anymore, right? I mean, growing up, I I thought of school as that kind of place, right? This very like, um, everyone is there, every like so much kind of um, all kinds of different diversity, right? And a place where we all have to come legally. Um, But after, you know, when we become adults, and especially in this time period, right, we've become so siloed Mm -hmm. that there really aren't that many places. Um, And we don't, you know, we lose that skill set, I think, that Mm -hmm. that you have of being able to like wade through it and Mm -hmm. stay focused on the main thing and like not freak out. that's such a- I want to I mean for me it's just being a woman of color just knowing how to mm-hmm. <laughs> having to already come sometimes I feel like I was born with like you know shield like protecting <laughs> you know how you gotta like protect yourself and mm-hmm. I feel that we as women of color have to do that and so mm-hmm. when we get in a situation that is chaotic we know how to filter through it because you know being a woman of color waking up that's that's pretty, that's enough. Mm-hmm. How do we move mm-hmm. to these different spaces? And so being a black woman in politics, I mean, that's a whole nother layer um, to deal with. One, being a woman, then being a woman of color, then being um, LGBTQ woman of color um, and being in these spaces, you got to demand respect. And I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I will tell you, I will push anyone in the corner any day who gets in my way and so (laughs) I mean with my words not physically but you know in general just really right you gotta you gotta make it clear (laughs) but I think it's right 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 um (laughs) but really it's like if you're gonna come for me I'm gonna come for you and it's point. It's like it's kind of that kind of nature. Unfortunately, when you work in politics, like mm-hmm. people will people will come for you. Let me tell you, the media will come for you, mm-hmm. and or anyone because it's the, the the nature of the game is how can I get you? Right. So you just always got to be ten steps ahead of people. Um, and I'm I'm very fortunate to, in a sense, know how to play the game. Um, so yeah, it's definitely it's not easy, but you just you master it. I always always say this: people want to play with you, and then they want to stop playing with you when you know how to play. Mm. People want to play the game, but when you know how to play, people be like, "Oh, I you know this ain't. I'm I'm gonna go find another partner, <laughs> or I'm gonna go find somebody else to play with." People right. only want to play with you when you don't know. Mm-hmm. When you figure it out and you start playing, I'm like, well, where, 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 where are you going? Like, I thought you wanted to play. You don't want to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ooh, that's so good. So, yeah. <laughs> that is so true, man. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to. I'm gonna have to think about that little that little quote <laughs> for a minute. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so true. Yeah. And some other things that I have learned, I mean, just being in this space is 
have a good have your people that can take care of you that can nurture you because in my position I give so much so much of my energy my time my mental you know capacity and then there's not a whole lot left for me at the end of the day and um, sometimes you have to you can't give somebody else something that you need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I have I have to say that I've had to say that um, I, I'm I'm sorry that you're having this issue but I need this little piece of energy for myself right now and I'm not able to give you that but maybe tomorrow <laughs> But I'm on a mustard seed of of hope to get through this day. <laughs> and I just can't, I can't give you that. And so I'm a very giving person and I'll give, give, give. And then I'm looking around like, dang, you know, it's pretty dry around here. So I have to tell myself, don't give, don't give anybody something that you need. Right. Whether it's your time your energy, your guacamole, whatever. <laughs> yes. Because you know yeah. I make some good guacamole. You know I, I make do. some good guacamole. <laughs> like, I, I need this bowl for me. Right. I need this bowl for me. So <laughs> It's not for sharing. Yeah. Right, right. So um, as we wrap up, as we get ready to wrap up, I just, like, what are... You know, we think about our own cities that we're in. Um, like, what's working well? Like, what's what are some things that you feel proud about? Whether you know legislation that is coming out of like you know the powers to be, or things that are getting moved on the ground. Um, you know that are making uh, your communities better. Um, you know, for me, I'm just thinking about, you know, there's an organization in Chicago called Ceasefire, um, where they do a lot of like mediation be- between gangs. And there's been, I think there was a documentary called The Interrupters. Um, and just the way they move legislation starting in the grassroots uh, direction, you know, from grassroots up to the powers that be um, is something that I've been proud of. Um, you know, because Chicago's on the headline in the headlines day in and day out. You know, I'm thinking about right now it's starting to be sunny and warm, you know, and, you know, pretty soon now we're not going to be able to turn on the news without hearing the statistics for the sake of the statistics about how many people have been killed and shot. Right. Because there's not never anything else after the story past the numbers. Right. Um, and and uh, thinking about some of the things that have happened in Chicago because of ceasefire, different legislations about safe harbor and how kids move in and through um, communities and, you know, what's happening in schools, trying to take out, remove cops from schools and put other mediators in the schools. Um, And then the second thing I'll mention is, you know, they just opened the United Center um, to begin doing vaccinations um, and this really interesting thing, and I only got bits and pieces of it, so I may not string it all together correctly, but they had opened the United Center and online you could sign up for um, shots. And then uh, folks in the community started saying like, hey, like, you know, how do we make sure that there's equity that people who actually live in these zip codes are actually having access, you know, to the vaccines, right? 
because you've put it out in a way that is inequitable, right? Like not everybody has a laptop or a computer. Um, and they were a little late on it and slow on it, but the city did finally get to a place where they said, you know, we're shutting that down. And then for the next, I don't know how many a day or several hours, um, you have to prove that you're, you know, a resident of the city of Chicago um, to be able to, to book your, your vaccine. And then they would open it up for other people. So, but what's good happening? What's, what's good happening in your neck of woods? Your neck of the woods. It sounds like so, I said neck of woods. Right. South Bend has been very progressive um, these past few years um, with just making relationships with community organizations. Um, La Casa, which is um, an organization that helps uh, our Latin community, Latino community, Latinx community, I should say, trying to get the right terminology. and just really helping them find resources and um, keeping them engaged. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, commending our city for having conversations with Black Lives Matter. Um, we have a new chapter here um, and they're moving. They're holding elected officials accountable for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so that's not a bad thing, but that is what they were elected to do. And when I see organizations and people doing that, I'm like, that's what that's what you're supposed to do in a sense. And so but I commend our city and our city leaders for hearing them and Mm -hmm. meeting with them and hearing what they have to say, Um, because you have people in every community that cares about what's going on and they want change. And so, um, I, I pray for our elected officials every day. I work with them. So I know what happens behind the scenes and I know that it's not easy, but at the end of the day, we all have a job to do. And having the conversation about what change needs to happen is the first start. Mm -hmm. And because you get both sides of the story, you get to, you get to hear what, residents have to say or what these organizations have to say and how they feel but you also know how the process works and so they don't know how the process works they just want to see it happen um and so how do you get them engaged and have them learn a thing or two about how their local government works you know it's a win-win right (laughs) teach you a thing or two (laughs) what's happening in yo what's happening in d-town yeah um I will echo that um, uh, vaccine distribution in Detroit. I'm really proud of that um, because mm-hmm. in our region, Southeast Michigan, usually Detroit is getting the short end of the stick, is lagging mm-hmm. behind because of systemic racism. But Detroit has been leading um, Southeast Michigan. In fact, the rest of Southeast Michigan is kind of a mess. But uh, these Black folks over here, Uh, (laughs) and uh you know opened our our big convention center to vaccinate residents and that um now have started sending out teams to um visit elder care facilities and take the vaccine to them um so just really a lot of good things happening and very efficient um efficient distribution that makes me proud um I also will say 
um, Detroit, uh, like many cities in the Rust Belt, is coming out of a generation or a couple decades of just real political disarray and dysfunction. Um, and so, and I moved to the city about 10 years ago, which was kind of the beginning of a shift. Um, and so I've been proud over the 10 years, I haven't seen a lot of um, really great or celebratory policy changes happen. But what I have seen is the engagement of grassroots organizations and local government um, in a very difficult moment um, to keep moving things forward. So we've had a lot of losses, but um, things that started out as really radical ideas that um, folks were not listening to, that the state of Michigan was putting down left and right, um, like uh, water access, right? Everyone should have the right to um, clean water. Um, or, you know, maybe we shouldn't make our babies breathe in manufacturing chemicals at a rate that gives us the highest asthma rate in the whole nation, you know, um, so those things have moved from like radical grassroots ideas to, to continually being brought up before, um, local and state government. And so I'm really proud of that determination and that perseverance. Um, and, you know, maybe other people wouldn't call that a win, but I think it's a win to me that, that our folks keep showing up. Um, so I'm proud of that's that. That's awesome. Right that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm going to have to look at your politics. You're, I'm going to have to attend a virtual council meeting. Yes. <laughs> Come on over. I, I, yes. I haven't been to one since they've been virtual. That's a whole other kind of show, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, we need a whole nother podcast to talk about that. Right, right, right. Yes, yes. So wild. Yes. Right, because if they didn't cut up in person, they have definitely showed out virtually. Because <laughs> right. you say what you want to say on the screen, nobody can touch you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about the etiquette problems. People not, yeah. So you're right. Not I'm using not- the mute feature. People who think they can day drink, but can't really. Listen. Go left. Yeah. Cool. Well, Bianca, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. Yes. And thank you, ladies, for having me. Yes. And uh, teaching us some things, um, getting the people woke. Yes, on their local politics. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, Anytime. You're, you're a change maker. You're a change maker. <laughs> Changing me. <Yeah. laughs> Thank you, ladies, right. for having me. It was a pleasure. You're very welcome. So we'll have you back when we get into season two, and yes. just you know, in the fall, see what else is going on. So. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah. So you guys, uh, stay out of trouble today, go for a walk, enjoy the warm weather and, um, live your best life. Absolutely. All right. Bye ladies. Bye. Bye. 
What a great conversation. Bianca dropping knowledge um, for us, on us, about local politics, federal politics, um, the power that we can have in the system to change things. Uh, That was awesome. I hope that our listeners took a lot away from that um, conversation, too. I know I did. Yes, I did, too. That was great. And um, we just want to make sure that you guys are listening to us and finding us on all the different platforms. The big announcement this week, whoop, 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 is that we're on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. So I think it take a little while because everybody know how Apple is. They just real, you know, whatever. I mean, thank you, Apple. We're so happy to be here. And maybe Bianca, I mean, uh, not Bianca, because she already found us. Beyonce can find us because now we're on Apple. All right. Send us some Ivy Park um, gear. Like I've been seeing other people getting on Instagram, unboxing. (laughs) Find us, Queen B. (laughs) Find us, Queen B, because we are on Apple, 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 Apple Podcasts. That's that show, y'all. You could have been anywhere doing anything, but you chose to be with us. So for that, we say thanks. Thanks, y'all. Lindsay Anderson, you take care of you. Andrea Sawyer Kirksey, you take care of you. And to all our listeners, take care of yourselves. And each other. Hey. Ho. Hey. Ho. Hey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>